Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. That is Canton Jones' Wish you wish Away. Um, and he just talks about, I wish I could wish all my problems away. But he knows he can't wish his problems away. That he's got to rely on the one true God. And y'all know I'm a children's and youth uh, pastor at my church. So I told y'all my music span is very eclectic. Um, and it involves a little bit of everything, but that song was in my spirit this morning. It was like, I wish I could wish my persecution away, but it just doesn't come like that. I have to trust God no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what the situation is, no matter what's going on around me. I have to make a decision to trust God, to believe God, to trust that God knows the very best for me. Well, if you're just logging on and this is your very first time, welcome to Coffee and Conversations with the Keisha. It's your girl, LMJ. And as Chala says, I'm going to put it on Chala this morning, I am 
am the hostess with the mostest, and I just want to welcome you, welcome you in. Do me a favor this morning. Go share the video. Go put it in someone else's inbox. Drop it on that timeline. Tell them get in here. God has a word for you today, and I promise you, he never leaves us or forsakes us. He has a word for you today. I feel my help coming. My vocal cords have been a little bit, yeah. And they're going to line up with the word of God. By the morning, I should be back restored and fine. I just am so grateful for all God is doing and doing through this ministry, doing through our lives. Let me kick off a couple of announcements and then we're going to get into prayer and we're going to get started. First of all, we got Feed the Streets tomorrow. Um, if you Can I tell you something about Feed the Streets? It's not just for the homeless. It's for anybody needing a meal. You know somebody or you're that somebody that's in a position right now and you just might need a hot meal tomorrow. We will have a hot meal available for you, for your family, for your kids. If you know some elders, just let us know. We would love to get food in your hands tomorrow. Uh, this one meal is important. And if you're not local and you can't serve, you can go to the website and make a donation. We are 501c3 ministry um and your your ties your your seed is what um makes this ministry make impact in the communities that we serve i already know we got about 24 individuals at the salvation army that's waiting on us to bring them um a hot meal tomorrow so if you know somebody or if you're that someone please 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 don't be ashamed please 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 let us know we'll be at 1701 scott street the food is hot um, water. You can come get prayer. Um, we'll share a word with you. We'll do everything that what whatever we need to do for you tomorrow. So we would love to connect to you. And I've been in a position where I've needed food before. And I know that is a very humbling thing to tell somebody that your refrigerator is empty or to not, you know, stand to stand in need. And um, I know how people before have humiliated us or made us feel bad about being in need. And I don't want you to feel bad about being in need. We have seasons, things happen in our life. And when things happen in our life in seasons, God always, if people are in position, come on, Holy Spirit. If people are in position, if people are doing what they're supposed to do, if people are in position, if people are sensitive to the voice of the Lord, if people won't quench the voice of the Lord, if people are using wisdom, if people are living according to what the word says, right, then people will serve and take care of those no matter how the circumstance or the situation occurs. And a lot of times when we see people in need, we start, well, they shouldn't have did this and they shouldn't have did that you you be very careful come on now be very careful of your words be very careful what you say about somebody else because you may find yourself in the very situation and so we don't try to figure out how a person got there that's not our business our goal is to make sure that we are in position and that we serve and we take care of people in need and do you know who those people are that is the poor that is the widowed, that is those in prison, right? And that is the sick. 
That is the great commission. That is how we show God's love here on earth. And so that's an evaluative thing for yourself. And you need to ask yourself that, am I taking care of the poor? Uh, am I taking care of the widowed? Am I taking care of the sick? And I'm taking care of the prison. And I'm not just talking about through a program. And I'm not just talking about your job. Because sometimes if our job didn't pay us, that's how you have come on, Holy Spirit. That's how you evaluate. If you do doing what you're doing because you love to do it, am I doing what I'm doing just for a paycheck or would I continue to do what I do if I wasn't getting, getting a paycheck, if I had no solid check? Right. Because we were like, oh, I'm in a life of service and you're at a nonprofit organization or you somewhere. But if you weren't getting no paycheck, you wouldn't do what you're doing. Right. And so you have to ask yourself, if I wasn't getting a paycheck, would I continue to do what I'm doing? And if I wouldn't continue to do what I'm doing without a paycheck, then maybe my heart about service needs to be transformed by Jesus Christ. So. It's just, that's just, that's just, that's not just about feed the streets. That's about what a life of Christ, a life of Christ looks like. That's what a life of Christ looks like. It's full of service, a life. And, and can I tell you something? Christ's life, life of service doesn't have boundaries. When your life is centered in Christ, when you sell out to God, when you say to God, I'm all or nothing, when you say to God, I'm in it, when you say to God, I'm going to follow you and serve you with all my heart, it doesn't come with parameters and boundaries. We as humans put parameters and boundaries. We as humans say we'll only go so far. We as humans will only sow so much. We as humans will only... Uh, serve so much. That's a humanistic characteristic and trait. Our life is aligned with the spirit of God. And because our life is aligned with the spirit of God, then we don't have the boundaries that we put in place. And if you have those boundaries on your life, all you got to do is ask the Holy Spirit to unlock your heart so that you can serve and so that you can love beyond the capacity of what, what someone taught you beyond your paycheck, beyond your comfort zone, beyond your job, beyond your feelings. Um, real ministry looks way different. Real ministry is dedicated and a life of service. And ministry means to meet a need. And how am I meeting a need and not just I'm, I ran a nonprofit for 15 years beyond beyond the nonprofit status, beyond the job status. What will you do? The Holy Spirit put that in there for somebody, and I hope that helps you to understand what a life of service looks like because we'll say, well, I'm in public service, and that's fine, but when the check, paycheck goes, will you continue to serve? And if you're not serving, start small. Start. I, we got a great ministry you can connect to. You can come out and pass out some meals Saturday. You can bag up. You can donate water. If you're not serving, start small. Start small. Like, start small and just get involved and don't make excuses. And well, my my job, my kids, my whatever, God never intended us for us to be inward and self-centered. That's not God. And anytime I feel myself talking about I and inserting I and talking about I and what I have to do and my feelings and I, then I know I'm not connected to the Holy Spirit and I'm in a very selfish place. 
I'm, I'm just that 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 I'm just in a very selfish place, and I've learned that I've learned that over the years. So y'all ready to pray? Um, I'm not trying to fuss. I just need to give you some wisdom for what a life of service looks like, cause we'll miss this consistently. And it's God is like I gotta. It's a song that I listen to all the time. It's by Lecrae. It's called Go Hard or Go Home. Like I'm going hard. I'm going a hundred percent at this, or I might as well go home because I'm not benefiting God at all if I won't push myself beyond my comfort zone or my boundaries. Can I tell you this? And then we're going to get into this. If the enemy can, can keep you in a constant state of crisis, you'll think you don't have the capacity to serve in you. If he can keep you in a crisis mentality where you're always focused on the crises, um, the things that are around you, the things that's wrong, that's his setup. If he can keep you in crisis mode, then you won't walk into the fullness of what you're supposed to do and serve at the capacity that you're supposed to because you're always centered and your mindset is on crisis mode. So he knows how you respond. He knows what will stop you. He knows what will pause you. He knows what will push you away. He knows what will back you up. And so he'll continuously present crises, new circumstance, and new situations to you because he knows if I present another crisis to her, if I present another circumstance, if her kids act up today, then guess what? She's not going to fulfill the assignment on her life or he's not going to fulfill the assignment in our life. He's not going to push a punt past the, the, the crisis point because his, her mind is in crisis zone or his mind is, is, is in crisis zone. And it becomes a very sad thing because then we don't go to fulfill purpose. Most of us are not fulfilling purpose because we don't understand that at the root of it is service and we don't understand how God's work. Let, let's get into the word today because it's funny because this is all kind of tied into this. And I want to talk to you about the good shepherd. Father God, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for wisdom for your people today. I thank you for your glory resting on your people today. I thank you, Father God, for knowledge and understanding today, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that you are the good shepherd. And I thank you, Lord, that we are putting you at the center of our hearts. Father God, we're cleaning out the chambers this morning, Lord God. We're not going to justify. We're not going to make excuses. We're not going to lie to ourselves. We're not going to lie to others. We know exactly where we stand with you, Lord God. So we're giving you permission this morning to search. Just place your hands over your heart. We're giving you permission, Lord, this morning to search our hearts, to search our motives, Lord God, to deal with us accordingly, Father God, to be just, to be fair, my God, um, to sanctify us, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for just a fresh wind blowing on us. We know that the anointing destroys the yokes, Lord God. We thank you this morning that you're dealing with anything callous in our hearts, Lord God, places where we've been hardened, places where we don't trust you, Lord God, places where we haven't rested in you, Lord God, places in which we've been hiding, places which there is no spiritual growth. Come on, Holy Spirit. Father God, we just give you permission to circumcise our hearts, Lord God, to pull us away from things that do not align with your word and your will and your perfect vision, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, you are dealing with us this morning, Lord God, that you are opening us up, Lord God. You are creating in us a clean heart, renewing in us a steadfast spirit, Lord God, so that we won't run out, so that we won't get up, so that we won't get distracted, Lord God, so that we won't be anxious for nothing, Lord God, so that we won't 
Lord God, not be centered on the things of you. We thank you, Lord God. We welcome you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. Holy Spirit, we magnify you right now. We thank you for being comforter, for being advocate, for advocator, for being our teacher, for being our truth, for being all-knowing, for seeing and understanding. And we, we, we thank you. We assist you this morning by getting ourselves out the way. We need your assistance. Lord God, we need your mercy. We need your grace. We need your power. We need your wisdom. We need your understanding. We need your love. We need a breakthrough, Lord God. Somebody in their house needs a breakthrough right now. They need to see the hand and the power of God move in their life. So we thank you, Lord God, for bringing us our breakthroughs. Lord God, we thank you for the ministry of reconciliation, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that you died on the cross for our sins, Lord God, so that we wouldn't have to pay the penalty of sin, Lord God. We thank you, so we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your very presence in this room, Lord God, on this devotional amongst your people today. We thank you that the angels We thank you, Father, for the activity of your angels going before us. My God, my God, in any place in us in which we are inactive, Hmm. Any place in us in which we are act inactive, Lord God. <laughs> any any gift that's inactive, my God, sanctify us and stir up your gifts. Any sp spiritual discernment, wisdom, knowledge of the gifts of ministry, Lord God, the gifts of tongues, anything that's inactive in us, Lord God. We thank you for stirring it up in Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Tracy Mosley, I know I saw you log on. Thank you for um, every time you've considered me. I just needed to say that to you publicly. Thank you for every time you have considered me. Not the ministry, but me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for every time you, Stasi. Thank you for every time, Odell. Thank you for every time you've considered me. Thank you all for those of y'all that have just considered me, me, not the ministry, me. That, that, thank you. I needed to say that to you publicly. Odell, you go in there, Stasi. Thank y'all for consider. Just thank y'all. I can't even listen, but thank you for when you consider me, not the ministry, Angela. Thank y'all for considering me. That means a whole lot. Thank you for every time. Your, Tracy, you just don't know. Sometimes your texts have come right on time and you've thought about me and I appreciate you for considering me. This just meant the world to me. And it's a list of y'all that do it periodically, that do it randomly. And I, I appreciate y'all. Y'all separate me from the ministry and you remember to consider me and you talk to me about me, not just the service and the ministry. And I love y'all and appreciate that. For that, it goes a long way. It stretches me. And it keeps me um, in every moment, in every hard time, in every place I'm being persecuted. It stretches me and it keeps me and it fills my cup. So thank y'all for considering me. I promise y'all. Me, not the ministry. Me, I appreciate that. Um, th thank you. So let me get into the word today. I need to show you something in the word and I titled this message. Um, I had to say that to Tracy. It's several y'all, but Tracy, you just don't know. I go back sometimes. I read your text, the stuff that you've sent me, and it just lifts me up. And I needed to give you that this morning. Thank you for considering me. Um, good morning. Um, I just need y'all to go. 
Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. And I speak a blessing over you, even in this state that you, I, I just speak a blessing over you and I declare a blessing over you today for your reasonable service, for all that you've given, for your heart and your love. And I just declare that the winds are blowing on you, woman of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I needed to do that. I have to be bitter, 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 bitter. I have to obey the Holy Spirit. I can't do nothing else. Thank you, Tracy. And God thanks you. God thanks you. God thanks you. I promise he does. He thanks you. So let's get into the word today. I'm talking to you about the good shepherd and I'm still in relation to the Holy Spirit, still in relationship to the Holy Spirit, still in relationship to the Holy Spirit. We still in this thing with the Holy Spirit. We can't do this without the Holy Spirit. We can't live a life of service without the Holy Spirit. You cannot walk into your purpose without the Holy Spirit. You not you cannot sustain your marriage without the Holy Spirit. We cannot you cannot you cannot you cannot you cannot keep being faithful without the Holy Spirit. You will not. And if you don't understand God as your good shepherd, you will miss this. You won't understand things, the things of God. So I need to talk to you about God being your good shepherd and what that means for you according to your purpose and everything that God has called you into. And then I'm going to teach you, um, I'm going to share with you Monday, eight different ways how you sense and feel God. It's important for us to get that in. I need you to know that because you won't be able to receive him or understand him as shepherd. I'm not going to read Psalms 23 because I need to get into Luke 18 to Today, and I need to share a little bit of my personal testimony with you. Um, I, I need to, but Psalms 23 is the, the cup of this. My God, my God, Psalms 23 is the cup of this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know what I'm saying? He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. The, uh, the Psalms 23 is the cup of this. And so if you got your Bible in front of you, you can flip over, but I, I'm not going to read Psalms 23. I'm going to relate to Psalms 23. And this is David. It's David in Psalms 23. And he's probably relating or correlating God to being a shepherd because he's been a shepherd. And at the point that, the point that, um, at the point that David is sharing this, I'm pretty sure historically David is in the place of being king. David is in the place of being king. He's not in the place of shepherd. He's in the place of being king. And so he recognizes and begin to say God to God, the Lord is my shepherd. I have, and my new living translation version says, I have all that I need, right? And he lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams and he renews my strength. And he goes on, he guides me on the long right path and I'm going to bring honor to his name. And so I need you to put a pen in Psalm 23 and I'm going to go over to Luke 18 and I need to give you some of my testimony because I feel like this is what's going to have to sustain you and if the good shepherd is going to be who he needs to be in your life and be active in your life and be in position in your life the first thing that I'm going to have to tell you is you're going to have to learn how to be led not you lead you're going to have to learn how to be led you're going to have to have the Lord lead you right lead you shout out to my ministry team I needed to shout them out thank you Holy Spirit he's just bringing things to me I'm seeing faces shout out to my ministry team thank y'all for serving thank y'all for serving with no paychecks thank y'all for serving and loving hard I appreciate y'all shout out to y'all as he just leads me I'm gonna let it release sometimes you just gotta esteem and bless people you know who you are I appreciate y'all I appreciate y'all service I appreciate y'all love 
Um, I just, yeah, I just don't know. So I need to skip over to, um, he's going to lead you. And so the first thing I want to tell you is he has to lead you. And the second thing I need you to tell you is he's not going to lead you. Thank you to all of y'all who pray for me. I appreciate you for your consistent, constant prayers and laboring for me in prayers. He's, he's not just stay with me, stay connected. He's not going to lead you into broken relationships. So if the Lord is our shepherd and he is leading us, he is not going to lead you into broken relationships. The Lord is not going to lead you into bad jobs. The Lord is not going to lead you into uh, failed marriages. That's just not God. God is not leading there. That, that's not what he's leading you into. Romans 8 and 28 reminds us all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. So even when those things occur, it's going to work together for the good of those that love the Lord. But I'm telling you, he's not going, he's not going to lead you into those things. That is not the evidence of a good shepherd. That's not the evidence of a good father. And sometimes we get stuck in a place thinking God has led us to the place. But when the good shepherd is leading you, it's connected to all you need. It's connected to all you need. It's going to have provision. It's going to have protection. It's going to have the wisdom. It's going to have the knowledge. It's going to have everything you need when the good shepherd is leading you. He's not going to lead you. That's why the help of the Holy Spirit is necessary. But if you're not clear and you don't understand the voice of a good shepherd, you don't understand the relationship between God and his sheep. You don't understand his voice. Jesus is called the good shepherd if you don't understand the need for Jesus a lot of times we'll acknowledge God but we don't really want to deal with Jesus at, at the level that we need to deal with Jesus because he's going to correct us and he's going to bring us out of ourselves. so I need to talk to you um, about the good shepherd and the good sheep but I need to tell you a little bit of my testimony some of you know my story already so if you know it I need you to bear with me for those of you who don't know my story I need you to stay I need I need to equip I need to give you this as I teach this today. Um, so most of you know by now, if you don't know, I'm widowed. My husband died in 2014. Uh, he made his decision to go home and be with the Lord. And that's just, that ain't even the story we're going to talk about today, but I'm going to tell you how I got to this transition. And so I have been um, a college, I was a college professor for 12 years. Um, God led me into teaching. I did not teach on my own. Teaching was never what I aspired to be. I need you to understand this. I, the things that I walked in my life from about 2001 until now, 2019, so 18 years, the things that I've walked into my life since 2001 and 2018, um, the major shifts, the major decisions I made, the major moments that I've had in my life, those were never of Lakeisha. Those were always orchestrated by God, y'all gotta pay att pay attention to me. Pay att pay attention to me. You got you need this today. You you need to hear this today. I'm just saying, pay attention to the Holy Ghost and what the Lord is showing me. I need you to pay attention. Don't get don't get caught up in nothing else. Just I need you to pay attention. And so I never ever led myself into a major direction or a shift I might have thought I was, but I wasn't. Even when I walked into teaching full time, even when I finished up my bachelor's degree, when I was finishing up my bachelor's degree, mind you, I started school in 1991. I would not finish my bachelor's degree until 2002. I wouldn't finish my bachelor's degree until 2002. 
my journey just took a whole nother course and it actually wasn't and there that's a sign that's something I could tell you it really actually wasn't until my husband walks into my life that I could fulfill my purpose that's how I know we needed to we need to be connected to people that's why I know divine relationships appointments and assignments are necessary there are people that God will put in your place so that you could fulfill your course so that you can edge out the next edge of your place of your journey he would also not be able to walk into purpose until I came into his life this is his testimony this is what he has shared this is not what I'm telling you so I know divine relationships appointments assignments and connections are necessary for this next phase in life and so nothing I've done has been my own course right nothing of my done has been my own nothing has been a good idea the major shifts and the major transitions in my life but now what I need to tell you is it's happened according to plan it's not always been in timing and it's not always been because my obedience it's not been I've suffered along the way some ways because I wouldn't obey God when God first told me or I wouldn't move or things would be delayed or there would be gaps or there would be times in which things would be happening in my life at the result in the cost of Lakeisha at the result and the cost of Lakeisha, God has never denied me. Delays and the delays that have occurred have usually occurred because Lakeisha did something. Lakeisha wasn't mature enough and Lakeisha didn't understand this part in this journey of a curse. I, I need to give this to somebody today. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even intend this. And so in 2001, I was finishing up my bachelor's degree in 2001 I would accept my come on Holy Spirit accept my call into the ministry I don't even want to focus on this in 2001 I would also marry my husband uh, all of these things transition I have been living in Michigan um, I get to the point where I'm back in Arkansas all of these things transition and happen really really quickly but they had absolutely nothing to do with Lakeisha <laughs> they had nothing I need you to hear this they had nothing to do with Lakeisha they had nothing to do with my degrees they had nothing to do with my strength um, they had a lot to do with my obedience and they had a lot to do with me learning to hear the voice of God but it had nothing to do with Lakeisha it wasn't because I had great ideas and all this ambition and my networks and all of this stuff that is not what it was it was the good shepherd and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this and so as I made the transition in the ministry and I finish up my bachelor's degree, I also get into a position where I walk into a master's degree. Now, mind you, I never ever was going to go to school and get a master's. Financially, in the house, I needed a job. Uh, my, my husband had... Um, has stepped away from school so that I could go to school, right? It's just so much depth to this. So when I was finishing up my degree, my course was set on, I'm just going to get a job and I'm going to go to work. And I was walking through my department and one of my, my department chair, God had given me favor in that department. God had given me so much favor in that department. Um, I had fell in love with statistics. Like all of these things were going on. I had so much favor in the department. And so I was walking through and my department chair looked at me and he said, so what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I was like, I, I, I'm going to go get a job. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Mind you, when I first went to college, I went to school on a theater and drama scholarship, right? And I thought I was going to go into medicine. I need to tell you this story today because it's going to help somebody. It's going to free you today. I feel, or it's going to give you revelation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's going to give you revelation into your own course. And so as I am, I am walking 
through this journey, as I am walking through this journey, um, and I'm coming through the department, Dr. Terry Richard says to me, what are you doing next? And I said, I'm going to go get a job. I'm looking for a job. And I was tutoring at the time and doing some other stuff. And he, and this is how I know God. And he was like, um, we're going to go to grad school. And I no, and I finished this conversation and I walked off and I went home and I told my husband, I said, Dr. Terry Richard asked me, what was I going to do? And I told him I'm going to get a job so that you can go back to school and you can finish your course and do, you can do, but God had a whole different plan for him as well. And so as I was beginning, my God, I thank you for this. As I was beginning the next couple of days, I was showed back up in the department and Dr. Richard would say, Hey, I already got all your paperwork forget for together. You need to go get this master's in Jaren. And I was like, do what? I never thought I was smart enough to get a master's. I never really wanted to go to school to get a master's. I had never thought about higher education. And I'm going to speed this up so that you can see God in this. And so I filled out the application. I took the test. I was approved. I'm just trying to tell you when God is connected to something, he provides for you. When God is positioned in something, favor goes before you. When God is, when the good shepherd is on the scene, it won't add up. It won't make sense. It isn't because you're qualified. As a matter of fact, I think he likes to choose those that are not qualified. I did not score well on my test for master's in entrance. I did not score well. I did not score high on that. And as I got into the program and I got in, I told my husband, my husband says I snuck a master's degree. I was doing what's called an undergraduate, um, graduate continuum. And so I was in undergraduate school taking graduate courses as well because I had already been accepted. When I make my transition into graduate school, they give me a graduate assistantship. Um, I'm getting enough money. I'm getting scholarship. I'm getting a monthly stipend. Mind you at this time as well, I am having a very very difficult time finding a job. As a matter of fact, God had told me to leave a job and I wouldn't and I got fired. I had never been fired from a job. God had let God God had told me to leave a job and I hadn't and I got fired from the job because I would not leave the job. So, I got fired from this job. It was very hard for me to find work. I'm substitute teaching. I'm doing all this stuff, but at the same time, God is trying to teach me to listen to his voice. He's trying to put me on course. So, I'm in this graduate program now, can I be honest? Can I just give you a transparent moment? I have plenty enough, right? But because of my lack of wisdom, I'm still taking out student loans because I won't listen to God. But God has provided plenty for my house and plenty for me, right? Plenty for me. But that's what I'm saying. You got to be led. You got to be learned to be led. So I get into graduate school. And now, mind you, it took me 10 years to finish my bachelor's degree, but I get into graduate school and I finish my master's program in a year and a half. I'm done. I'm talking about it should have been a two, two and a half years program. I pummeled through the program. In a year and a half, I get pregnant with Josiah. Uh, Jermaine has some health issues, but I get through the program in a year and a half. It was just unseen, unheard of, of what happens. As soon as I finish, my last class, as soon as I finish my master's degree, I get a phone call from the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. Remember, I told you I had favor in the department. You got to see this. as Remember, Psalms 23 is our cup. Psalms 23 is our cup. This is the basis of this. If you know Psalms 23, all of this is going to add up for you. Come on, come on. And so I, I finished my degree. As a matter of fact, I'm on campus picking up my degree and I get a phone call and it's from a girl named Nicole Chenault 
and I love Nikki to this day. She was the department secretary, and she said, Lakeisha, what you doing? And I said, nothing. She said, you want to teach? I had never taught a class. I had been a graduate assistant. I had helped in some classes. I had taught some classes as a GA, but I had never been a professor before. She said, do you want to teach some classes this summer? We just had someone quit a class. And I said, Nikki, I would love to teach because I knew the Lord had called me to teach. I knew he was leading me into teaching. So the next summer session, I get my very, very first course to teach. I'm scared. Teaching that course is a hot mess. It's okay, but it's not my very best. Well, after I teach the first course, the Lord favors me and somebody quit and I start getting course after course after course after course after course. Now, here's the problem. I need you to know this. I need you to know this. I need you to know this. I was not... I was not as sensitive to the voice of God now. And I thought because we didn't seem like we had a lot of money in the house that I needed to go get a regular job because my husband's health, right? Didn't allow him to work at that capacity. But God was trying to show us. He was trying to sustain us and he was trying to take care of us. And he had already called us in the ministry. If you've read the launch, you know, we had already launched ministry. So we're doing all of these other things things as well. But I made a decision to go and get a job, a regular job, a full-time job. And the door opened right up. Um, I thought it was God. I was all excited. I was saying it was God and I had nothing. It had absolutely nothing to do with God. And so as I was doing this, listen, as I was doing this, my classes began to dry up. My classes begin to dry up. My classes begin to dry up, right? They they start and they don't have any more classes for me to teach. I'm trying to chug chug this guy job and I'm trying to uh do this. And the Lord is saying to me, I, I'm I'm in here, I'm working with at-risk teens. I think I'm doing God's best. I've labeled it service. It's not a whole lot of money. I'm trying to do it and teach full time. And I remember so significantly, my husband said to me, he said, I just think you're off course. He said, I just think you're off course. And when my classes started drinking up, drying up, he said, the reason I think your court classes are drying up because you were called to teach. You were made to teach. You know that. The reason I think your classes are drying up is because you are, you, you are doing your own thing. You're doing your own thing. Right. And so I go from this job to another job and my club, my courses are steady driving up a stream of income is st steady driving up. But I love how God works all things for our good and he knows what we're going to do and he knows how we're going to act and he knows what we're, where we're going to go. And sometimes he'll just he'll make our crooked places straight. Keep, keep Psalms 23. He's going to make our crooked places straight. And so I then go from that job to another job. I'm believing God for another job. This job, and I'm going, and I'm believing God for another job. And the, the door opens, and I know without a doubt how God will make your mistakes prosper. And so I am at this job. I'm working this job. But this job that isn't even increasing my capacity. My boss is saying to me, you're well overqualified for this job. 
You're well overqualified. I would finish my work and have nothing to do. And so then I said, let me go get a PhD. I'm going to go get a PhD. Because when I felt my classes drying up, I thought the only way to save my classes from drying up was to get a PhD. But when I tell you the glory of the God will shift things. And so I'm working for the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. They have one or two classes. I'm not getting the pleasure of classes that I get, I was getting. I'm sitting there taking these classes. I'm grappling. I'm searching for things. I'm trying to pick up certifications because we get free classes. I'm just doing way too much in my own strength. I'm just doing way too much on my own path. I'm just doing way too much in my own energy, not consulting God, not seeking God. And so I get into the PhD program. I'm in the University of North Texas. I don't have to pay out of state tuition fees. I, all doors open. It looks just like God. Um, God provides for me every time I need to take my course, but it doesn't mean that it was God. And so my husband began to really, really, really get sick. And I had to put my PhD program down. I did not want to. I felt like the devil was trying to come against me. But I knew the Lord was saying, you're juggling too much. Because in the same time, we've offered our nonprofit organ, opened our nonprofit organization, which was his baby, to provide supportive services to sickle cell patients. Still out of the will of God and not even knowing it. Still out of the will of God in some areas and not even knowing it. But there is a God we serve. But due to the fact that I'm working, that's how I know God will make even your mistakes prosper. Due to the fact that I'm working where I'm working, right? Due to the fact that I'm working where I'm working, I experience an opportunity. Because beyond everything, the more that I'm sitting in this office, I'm quiet I'm not out everywhere. I'm not attached to a whole lot of people. We didn't have all these smartphone technology. Facebook wasn't doing what it was doing. I'm in this office and I'm learning the voice of God. I'm learning the voice of God and I'm learning him lead me. Well, one day my boss, my boss missed a meeting. And because my boss missed a meeting, right? I wound up, uh, I wound up going to the meeting for him at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. I go to the meeting. I'm talking to them a little bit about who I am. I give them my card and I leave this meeting. The meeting was like in April or May and I leave this meeting. In the meantime, I've been filling out every application so I could teach. Every application, nothing is moving. Um, I had to learn how to have a broken and contrite spirit. I was learning to be repentant. I was learning the way God's ways are not my ways. And so as I'm in this, I go to the meeting and I make a decision because I'm really getting frustrated. I'm just going to be honest. I'm getting frustrated. Things don't seem to be moving. And I know by now without a doubt that God has called me to teach, right? And I'm like, I need to get back in teaching. My husband has confirmed for me this teaching. So I'm in there and I'm like, Lord, I know without a doubt that God has called me to teach. I know that there's no whatever. And so I go to this meeting, but I had to make a decision one day. I was sitting at my desk and I will never forget this. And I was looking at my computer and I, and I said, I'm not sending out any more resumes. I'm not touching anything else. I'm going to come to work. I'm going to work on my PhD. I'm going to serve in ministry like I'm supposed to. We're going to work on our nonprofit. I'm not bringing this teaching thing up to you another time. I'm not doing it. I'm going to rest this thing in you. And I'm going to believe that you have my best 
course, my best, you got my best direction. You, you know me, like, you know me, you know me, you know me. You got to have my best direction. You got my best direction. And I remember I submitted that thing to God and I walked away and I just continued to do work and do work excellently, not do work half-heartedly. I did work excellently. I excelled. Uh, my trainings were high. The department looked good. I excelled. I'm talking about, I put my all like this was the best job ever. August the 1st, August the 1st, for it may have been the 8th, I get a phone call from Dr. Clifton Orr, and he says to me, hey, Lakeisha, um, you met me at a meeting, my God, and I say to him, I say, yeah, Dr. Orr, I remember you, he said, would you be interested, now remind you, these classes are in Pine Bluff, and I live in Little Rock, and he said, would you be interested in teaching any gerontology courses, and I said, I would, sir, um, if they were online, you know, I'm just thinking, I said, I would, so I get to talking to him, he said, well, send me all your resume, all your stuff, your transcripts, and I said, I said, okay. So I sent him, yes, come on, Ronald Perry. I worked as unto the Lord. I sent him all my transcripts. I packaged and put everything together. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I sent him all my transcripts. Um, I package it. I get it all together. But the Lord tells me, he said, I need you to call him back. Now I'm getting more sensitive to the voice of the Lord. He said, I need you to call him back. And so I said, you know what? Let me call him back. And I called him back and I said, Dr. Orr, I need to ask you something. Is this a full-time position? And Dr. Orr said, it is. Would you be interested in a full-time teaching position? Now, I got to tell you how significant this is because it's not just a full-time teaching position. It's a, it's a full-time teaching position in gerontology. Remind you that I go get a master's in gerontology and I never would have thought about getting a master's in gerontology. So according to the Department of Education, I'm qualified. According, that's your shout right there. According to the, do, the Department of Education, I'm qualified. I'm qualified to teach. I'm qualified to teach in an area in a degree that I wouldn't have even thought because I didn't resist the Holy Spirit, right? Come on. He, he positioned me and qualified me because I didn't think it strange. I let Dr. Rashard be favor in my life. I was connected to divine places. I was in my divine portal. He orchestrated something so perfect for me, a degree that I wasn't even interested in, something that I thought I was getting on myself. Come on now. And so, hey, I'm more than qualified. Dr. Orr says, are you interested in teaching full-time? I said, yes, sir, I am, right? But remind you also, I have favor with my boss that I have now. So I'm talking to my, my boss, right? I'm talking to my boss. You got to stay with me. You got to listen. I'm talking to my boss and... Dr. Orr says, send me your information. I sent him my information. I prayed over it. I never said another mumbling word. I talked to my husband about it. And my, I asked him, I said, if this position is off, if the position is offered to me, what do you think? He said, you just need to make sure it's enough money. You, you need to decide what you want from God. So I decide, well, I, I don't hear anything else. Well, the department head was out of the country. He was in Africa. He called me back. He, he says to me, he said, hey, would you like to come in for an interview? And he was like, when? He was like, I really need to see you in like two days. Right. He was like, I need to see you in two days. And I was like, OK, Lord, I'm going to see you in two. I'm, I said, I can see you in two days. I tell my boss I'm not I'm not lying. I'm not scheming. I'm not bringing my boss in on it. I'm like, boss, I need to go. I need to go. 
um, do this interview. And my boss was like, I understand completely and totally. And so as I go to do the interview, I walk in and it's really not even a formal interview. It's a couple of questions. When could, and, and it ended it. And it ended in when could you start and what's your, what salary do you need to make? That's, that's what it ended in. So I gave him my salary requirements. Um, typically in a college type setting, you should have to interview with the dean and you should also have to enter an in, interview with uh, the person over academic affairs. When he called them and asked them and said to them, would you like to interview with her? They said, absolutely not. We trust your judgment. And then two weeks later, I gave my boss a notice. And two weeks later, I was walking into a full time teaching position. Now, let me fast forward a little bit because this is when you'll help. See, the nature of us as sheep, right? If we are being shepherded by God completely, he is, um, sheep are very fearful. Um, sheep are defenseless. Um, sheep can't fight back. Sheep, sheep can't outrun their predators. Sheep can't swim. Sheep will panic, right? Um, sheep have all kinds of other little issues. They're really totally defenses, defenseless. And God, uh, God created us really to be dependent upon him just as the sheep is to be dependent upon the shepherd, right? Dependent upon him and not dependent upon anybody else. And so as I transition into the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I teach there for almost nine years. The favor of God is upon my life right? I am growing in the things of God. I'm growing in the knowledge and I'm growing in the wisdom of God. But let me be honest with you. There were some ways in there that I got outside myself. There were some ways I got outside of myself. Uh, we lost a baby. Um, Judah is, I get pregnant with Judah. Like there's just several, my husband um, has gone into liver failure. Um, there's just so many different things. Anything that the enemy could use me, use to pull me away from the voice of God. And I truly believe in teaching because we become comfortable, because we become complacent, because we label our end, because we say this is enough, because we say it's it. I had in my head orchestrated and said that I was going to teach, I was going to finish this PhD, that I was going to go ahead and be all that I needed to be um, on the college campus. I had just begun to set my course and not even ask God. I begin to set my course and not even ask God. And so we make the transition and my husband dies and my husband goes to be with the Lord. And as my husband goes to be with the Lord, and this is what I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read a little bit to you today. As my husband goes to be with the Lord, right? Um, the Lord, and I come back and I'm still teaching and I'm teaching full time and I'm doing all of this. The Lord clearly wakes me up one day and says, and I thought it was for my nonprofit organization, but he's really getting ready to call me in a ministry. And it was backed up in dreams and it was backed up in visions and it was backed up in the word. And the Lord said, it is time for you to leave UAPB. Now I need to tell you this. God had already tried to get me to do this. Come on, Ronald Perry. There is a way that seems right by men. There is a way that seems right by men. God had been already trying to get me to do this a while back. He did not really want me working for anybody else. I needed to teach. He wanted me to teach. He wanted to develop something in me. He wanted to develop research in me. He wanted me to teach. He was really, in, in preparing me in education, he was preparing me to be able to study the word at a higher level. 
He was charting my course. He was teaching me how to be able to study the word at a higher level. He was preparing me. He was charting my course. He was teaching me how to study the word at a higher level. All things work together for his good on your witness. And so God begins to speak to me and he says, I was in the house and I was cleaning and I'm tuned into his voice and I hear him say, I need you to let this go. And I said, you need me to let who go? You need to let me go. What? You, you, you need me to do what? He says, I need you to let this job go. I need you to let teaching go. And I'm like, Lord, I cannot allow teaching. This is why I have such passion. This is why I know what I'm, what, what God has set in course for me, for the entrepreneur, for, I know, I'm just telling y'all. Um, he said, I need you to let this job go. And I was like, what? He was like, I need you to let your job go. I need you to go tell your boss. Well, I didn't want to let the job go. I'm just going to be honest. My kids, I have my kids. Um, I'm the only income in the house. We do not get social security. Not that much. My husband did not die with an insurance policy. I had to pay cash for a funeral. And when he died, I lost income. As a matter of fact, I lost a thousand dollars a month. I'm going to sum this up and close this out. And as I am on this journey and on this course, I hear him saying, well, I'm like, Lord, I need you to back this up, but I know it's him. And I failed at this before. I failed at this before. I did not do this when God tried to get me to do this. See, in between teaching, God had asked me to leave before and I didn't. Because I thought I knew what was best for me. And I thought the devil was trying to pull me out. In the midst of teaching, a few years earlier, God had asked me to leave teaching. God had asked me to leave teaching. But see, sometimes something will happen to you. Sometimes, so I, I, I'm just telling you, sometimes something will happen to you. Sometimes something will happen to you. And so with my husband being gone, I had to focus on God. See, with my husband being gone, I had to focus on God. I ain't had nowhere else to go. It wasn't in my mom. It wasn't in anybody else. See, when he left, because he was so important to me, right? He was so important to the pivotal moments. When he, when he left me, I had to focus on God. I became so desperate for God. I became so hungry for God. I became so thirsty for God. I, I had to, I had to, because there was a pain in me that nothing else could quench. There was a pain in me that nothing else could heal. There was a pain and my mama couldn't help this. My mama couldn't help it. And at the time that my uh, husband was transitioning, see, I, re I my grandmother, I relied a lot on my grandmother. My grandmother was an evangelist. She knew the word of God. At the same time that my husband transitioned, my grandmother had dementia. And th at the same time my, my, my husband transitioned, my grandmother had dementia. So I couldn't run to her for help. <laughs> I couldn't run to her for help. I couldn't run to her for help. I couldn't run to her for help. I couldn't seek her. I couldn't let her become my God. I couldn't let her stand in the place of my husband. I couldn't do it. I could only follow my face. I could only get before God. I could only stay in place. My God. I could only stay in place. And so this is the second time, maybe the third time, God has asked me to leave his job and to follow him. Right. He has asked me to leave my job and to follow him. He has asked me to sell out to me. He has asked me to get in position. And I'm like, Lord, you talking about my babies. This is my health insurance. Right. This is my 401k. And then I'm going to tell you something. I was disobedient. He told me not to touch my 401k and I did. And he told me not to. 
He told me not to. He told me not to. I'm just giving you this this morning. I don't even know why the Holy Spirit led her. How to hear? I don't know. I'm just telling you. I didn't know to call on the name of Jesus at first, Paula. That was my testimony. I was calling on other things at first. I'm not going to lie to you. I got to be transparent. Transparency is how I live. I didn't know how to call on the G name of Jesus at first. At first, I was in a real stale state when my husband died. I was in a real funky state when my husband died. I was real depressed when my husband died. But I know the prayers of those that love me sustain me. I can't tell you this Jesus walk. I was faking it. I was making it look good at first. I was seemingly right, right? I wasn't all the way right. I can't, I can't tell you that. And so I was, I know I heard him. And let me tell you, God confirmed it through two dreams. The first dream came through my baby. My baby was coming out of his, my baby was coming out of the shower. And he said to me, he says, mother, I saw you in a dream. <laughs> and I, and it was big dream and it scared me. I'm just going to be honest. What I knew God was calling to me, me too, scared me. My, 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 what I knew God would call was calling me to scared me it scared the heck out of me it scared me I wasn't prepared for this I didn't feel I had been in ministry for 17 years but I didn't feel qualified for this I had too many sins I had too many darkness I had too many issues my flesh would get the best of me at some time I wasn't prepared for this I was I didn't think I was qualified for this I didn't understand this I didn't know this I didn't know the Lord would use me in ministry full time I didn't know that he was called he would call me to this and so I'm and I'm managing grief and I'm dealing with issues and I got older sons with issues and I just got all these different things managing emotions feeling it dealing with PTSD all of this is going on during my course but I hear God and I go in and I, I, I email my boy, my boss, and I say, I need to talk to you. And I prepare a little bitty short letter. Thank you for my time and tenure at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, but June 30th will be my last day. That, that's all I did. And I go in and I meet with him and I hand him my letter. And he says, that is not what I thought you were going to ask me. <laughs> He said, that's not because I have favor because they love me because I was in, I was innovative and God was getting, Holy Spirit was showing me how to develop online courses and I was creating courses and teaching students how to build businesses. I have favor. I wasn't in a bad position. They loved me on campus. My students loved me on campus. It did not add up what was about to take place next. And so I'm like, I, but, but before then I was sitting in the car every day crying for 15 minutes and I didn't know why God was trying to call me to a different place so I take in my paper he said Lakeisha this is not what I thought you were going to tell me I did not tell I did not think you were going to tell me that you were leaving I did not think you were going to tell me that you were taking another part of the journey and I hand him the letter of resignation and I walk out his office and I just say Holy Spirit I hope I did the right thing because my ears are not as tuned to God and as I'm sitting there I come back to work the next Friday and I see my boss and this is what my boss said to me he said Lakeisha I had a dream about you and I said you did sir he said yes sir and I and, and I said wow and I and he said yeah you were standing on this platform I was coming to Little Rock it was this big square platform it was lights everywhere it was people everywhere he said and you were standing up there and he said you were teaching and you were bringing somebody up on the example still I'm thinking it's about sickle cell still I'm thinking it's about sickle cell and as I'm walking through this journey, still I'm thinking it's about what I think it is. I think I know what it is. I think I know what I'm doing. I still think it's about sickle cell. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, I'm not 
asking him. I'm planning, right? And so my boss says to me, I had this dream. And so the Holy Spirit tells me, he said, I need you to go back and ask him about this dream. I need you to ask him about this dream. I need you to ask him what this dream meant. And I asked him more details. He had the same dream my Josiah had. He had the same exact dream that my Jojo had. It was the same dream. It was the same circumstance. It was the same situation. It was the same dream verbatim. He said some same statements. And so I knew that was God qualifying. I need you to bring you to Luke. Luke 18, it says, once a religious leader said, Jesus, this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? He said, why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. He goes through the commandments. And then he says to Jesus, he said, I need you to leave. He said, he said if you really, 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 really want to serve me, want to love me, want to do absolutely everything, then I need you to give away all your riches and come serve me. And the rich young ruler was grieved. And he couldn't, right? He couldn't. But let me give you the last, next part of this. And this is what this is what helps me stay where I'm steadfast in ministry because I'm qualified to go get a job. I can go get a job. And when finances are not lining up and people aren't, I'm just saying my flesh sometimes says, oh my God, but I know God called me into ministry full time. It's not everybody's journey to leave. We need some people to fund the kingdom, but God has been speaking to you and ordering your steps, right? And so this is the part, this is the part that gives me and you get into Luke 18 and it's the 28th verse. And he's telling him, he said, if you, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And what he was simply saying was, I need you to give up absolutely everything for me. If you really want to, if you really want the capacity to be able to do this, like you need to do this, I need you to be able to give up absolutely everything for me, right? Then this is what I, this is what sustains me. I have two scriptures that sustain me. That's why I tell you, you need the word on this. I have two scriptures that sustain me. It says, those who heard this, heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? He replied, what is impossible for people is possible for God. Peter said, we left our homes. We left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that everyone who has given up a house or a wife, or brothers, or parents, or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, will be repaid many times over in this life, and will have eternal life in this world to come. Your journey ain't easy. What God has chosen for you looks really different, but you got to let him be the good shepherd in your life. You've got to let him to be the shepherd in your life. Anytime I've spent, had a gap, anytime something has been missing, anytime something has been uh, complicated, it's because I haven't allowed God to be the good shepherd, right? Jesus himself is the door. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The sheep can come in and go out, but only through the door. And Jesus is the door. He is the only way in and out of our situations. He is the only way. We were not created to live on our own. We were not created to try to sustain ourselves. We were not created to try to do this our own way. We were only created to do this. That's why, yo, 
the Holy Spirit is necessary because you were really created to totally depend, be, be, be dependent upon God. Sheep, I'm just being honest. Do you know sheep will get flipped on their back and the, if the shepherd doesn't get them off their back, they'll die? Sheep will get flipped on their back. And if the shepherd doesn't get them off their back, they'll die. The shepherd is necessary so that they won't be subject to wolves. Um, he guards the sheep all night. He feeds them during the day. They are all under the shepherd's constant vigilance. And if we will allow ourselves to remain in position and be under God's constant care, he will take care of us. He will take care of us. He will supply every need. So every time I'm feeling weary and well-doing, every time I feel, and I get that, I love to preach the gospel, but sometimes ministry full-time is hard. It's difficult. Sometimes the finances don't add up. Sometimes stuff don't make no sense. I have kids in here, right? Sometimes they have needs. Stuff just doesn't add up. The Lord has brought me to two things to remind me of today. And those are the two things I stand on. He is going, if I left for his sake, he's going to take care of me. If you do what you do for God's sake, he's going to take care of you. If you position him first, he's going to take care of you. If you sell out to your business, if you sell out to your ministry, if you do everything that God has asked you to do, he's going to take care of you. But you have got to be willing. You have got to allow him. God, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He does not lead you into broken places. He doesn't lead you into bad relationships. He doesn't lead you into bad jobs. We do some of that stuff ourselves. We are negligent in our relationship with God. And then we want to blame God or blame the devil or blame other situations. God has heard every prayer. Prayer spiritually activates something, right? That's why when you don't know how to pray, the intercession, the Holy Spirit makes intercession. The other scriptures that sustain me, that's why I always tell you, you need to get enough word in you so that you won't be moved out of position. The other scripture that sustains me, the Lord constantly reminds me, I'm a widow. First Timothy 5 and 3, give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. First Timothy 5, 5, the widow who is really in need and left alone puts her hope in God. And continues night and day to pray and ask God for help. Deuteronomy 10, 18. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. Psalm 68 and 5. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. If you will get in position, if you will allow him to shepherd you, if you sell out to whatever it is he puts you over to, God, you will not be in lack. You will have protection. You will yield to his voice. The only reason that we don't know his voice and that the only reason we go to stray is because we start hearing other things and we allow other things to lead us until, instead of letting the shepherd lead and hurt us to where we need to go. The shepherd laid down his life for you. And that shepherd was Jesus. I just had to give you that today. I'm sorry. I didn't even mean to stay that long. I had to give you this day, but you're going to have to go. The shepherd, you got to go. See, Jesus is the shepherd and God is the landowner and the Holy Spirit will lead you into absolutely everything you need to. But you got to understand Psalms 23 and 6 says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The problem ain't the shepherd. The problem is the sheep. <laughs> the problem ain't the shepherd. The problem is the sheep. And if we are not sensitive enough to his voice, and can I tell you where the sensitivity comes? It comes in the word. So when I start wanting to do stuff on my own, he brings me back. 
anybody who leaves, when it starts, bills start looking insurmountable, kids asking me for stuff that I can't bless or give them, right? He brings me back. Can't nobody lead the gospel for my sake, Lakeisha. I can't, I can't owe you. God doesn't like to owe us. I can't put you in the, I can't ask you to sell out to full-time ministry for me and I not take care of you. That doesn't add up. So trust me, be the, Depended upon me, and I'll cause all things to come. Keep seek me, seek the kingdom first, and I'll cause all things to come unto you. I will cause all things, and because you are a widow, I will cause people to take care of you and make sure you stand in need. Because I'm gonna tell you, money will make you run, pressure will make you go, persecution. Because he said persecution comes with it right? Persecution will make you want to change your course. But if you stay the course and allow him to shepherd you, right? If you omit your weaknesses, if you omit that you don't have enough, then guess what? God will do absolutely everything. Jesus says a stranger, he said, my sheep know my voice, right? And a stranger, they will not follow. That's why I'm telling you, you got to position yourself in the Holy Spirit. Hold still, not be quiet. <laughs> You're Know what this word says. Get out of all that religious ordinance. Ask the Lord to change your words. Be brought into the fullness because the good shepherd is not going to leave, leave you to a bad job, a bad relationships, bad friendships. That is not how he's not going to put you in the path of a wolf. As a matter of fact, he's going to keep you out the path of the wolf if you'll yield to him, right? He says, a stranger they will not follow. They will flee from a stranger. Can I tell you something about sheep? They will not even respond to anyone else other than they shepherd. You and I could walk up and tell us the same thing. They will not even respond to anybody other than their shepherd because they know that they're helpless and that they're vulnerable. The shepherd gives them peace. He restores them. He causes them to lay down in green pastures. And you can I tell you something? He has to lead them to the pasture because do you know sheep will eat anything and they'll destroy the pasture? <laughs> they'll destroy the pasture and they have no natural defenses. The sheep will eat anything. So he has to lead them to the pastures so that they don't eat anything, don't destroy the pastures, and don't destroy things. And they think, I'm so much, I'm telling you. But he also cares for them in a soft and a gentle voice. He is not harsh. I had to repent. I said, Lord, forgive me for any time I've been harsh and not gentle in caring for your people, right? Because he creates a people for us to share, share over. Forgive me for that, right? Shepherd, the shepherd, your right shepherd can't. Hurt the sheep, right? I love you. I gotta go. I gotta go. I love y'all so much. I hope that blessed y'all today. I hope you share that with someone today. I hope if you know somebody struggling with their purpose, their life, I don't know why God let us down, but for everybody, for everybody that needed that, I hope that blessed you and gave you what you need today. Let me pray over you. Let me bless the people today. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for divine appointments. I thank you for divine timing. I thank you. You are our great shepherd. Show us any area in our life in which we will not, have not yielded to you, Lord God. You are the course and the direction, and Jesus is the only way. Father God, I thank you for inviting brand new sheep right at this moment to come into your pasture. 
If there is anybody that has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or if you are in a backslidden state, right? If you are in a backslidden state, the Lord desires to shepherd you. All you got to do is admit, hey, I've been outside the flock. <laughs> I've been outside your will. I've been outside of the fold. I have not been doing what you have asked me to do. I am not in your perfect will, and I need you to take over my life because I know in there is protection and that is provision, and, and, and that is all I need. If you will allow him to do that for you, I promise you he will, and I would love to disciple for you. God is a good, 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 good shepherd. I pray this devotional reaches everybody is supposed to reach today. If you logged on late, go back and get it. Get If you're on Instagram, it's in two parts. If you logged in late, go back and get this devotional. Share this devotional. Pray for me. Lift me up this weekend. For those of y'all doing the entrepreneur worship workshop, I'll see y'all Saturday. God is going to impart the wisdom in you need for your business, for your ministry, and for what all he's called you to. I hope this testimony blesses you. I love you so much. More than that, God loves you. Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit is for you. Go be loved today. Go be loved today. Go be loved again. Tracy Mosley, thank you again. I needed to tell you that. Thank you again. I love you so much. The God gives you your word. This is the word. This is the only word you need. This is the word. When I talk to you about... Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.